Good evening. How are you, Joelle? Great. How are you? Really, really good. Just came back from a nice walk with the dogs. Beautiful weather out today. Um, my name is Jeff Gellin of Solid Canine Training, and this is the wonderful Joelle, and this is the What Would Jeff Do show. We stream live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget, in the community, which is a private uh, group, but anybody can join. The rates are going up next week because we'll be adding one or two more courses to it to dramatically increase your value. Once you get it yearly, um, you're locked into that price as, as long as you just keep renewing every year. Eventually, the, the it will be over or close to a thousand dollars a year because we'll be putting a lot of courses in there. It comes with 26 uh, coaching sessions live on Zoom. A uh, year with us, 26 of those. It comes with courses. It comes with a great forum for everybody to to um, uh, learn from. And uh, there's no drama. There's no lies. No, everyone's been so great in there. They really, really have. And this is the thing about our show. This is a – our seminars are problem-solving seminars. And this is sort of like a problem-solving Q&A show. You'll type your questions. Joel will read them, and I'll answer them. Um, for everybody listening on Rumble, on YouTube, on Instagram, and on Facebook, we appreciate you as well as of all of our um, podcast uh, platforms. Uh, please, you know, like like any of those platforms that you're watching on, rate the show. Um, we appreciate a nice rating. If you like the show, if you don't like the show, that's that's fine as well. You'll learn one thing, um, something. Um, you might uh, learn just that you don't like us, which is fine. But at least you'll learn. Now, you, now you'll know. But just remember, whenever you listen to the show, if you're brand new, 95% of what we do in dog training is reward-based. 5% is applying a punisher. This show, though, is 95% punishment, 5% reward. The reason is because people ask us how to stop unwanted behaviors. You're not going to be rewarding your dog out of unwanted behaviors. You won't. And we'll often, um, there's a lot of catchphrases out there. Don't create a negative association. Um, you'll make things, you'll, you'll make it worse. You'll create more anxiety. You'll create more stress. Um, um, all kinds of lies out there, especially about different training tools and techniques and philosophies. For some weird reason, everything that is negative that has ever said to us has been disproven thousands of times. So you can spout nonsense, but when we disprove it over and over and over again, not just once, not just with our dogs, but with thousands of dogs, with close to 100% um, a success rate, we having aggression, it's not 100%, but um, a lot of stuff is 100%, like jumping on people, resource guarding, um, uh, 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 um, uh, loose leash walking, you know, proper heel, um, leash reactivity, you know, those are things that are 100% um, eliminated. So there's a lot of that, and it doesn't take long. There's also the narrative out there that, oh, I'd rather take patience and time and more love. And it's like, so you're being foolish because it doesn't, you know, yes, a lot of things do take that. Rehabbing aggression takes time. You know, training a incredibly reliable recall takes time, but not months and not years. Aggression, yes, months, sometimes years, unfortunately. But most obedience commands can be trained in one session. Um, and then you can get a, a dog that can do that obedience command reliably in about a week, maybe two weeks, around high levels of distractions. And you can stop... Um, you know, most unwanted behaviors, counter surfing, uh, resource guarding, jumping on people in less than five minutes. It's incredible what you can do. It's incredible. And for some reason, people think that you should be taking more time because that means you care or 
you're more patient. It's like we're patient as hell with the dogs that we work with. We just work more effectively and efficiently. Um, so feel free to jump in with your questions. Um, there's some top chats you can do on Rumble. You can do top chats on YouTube. You can also do um, uh, stars on uh, Instagram. And we appreciate all of that. So, Joelle, what do we have going on? Um, somebody can literally hear our smoke detector. You guys have good ears. You're like, was that a smoke detector? It's chirping. You get to change the battery. <laughs> Surprised they can hear that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> really surprised. Uh, Snuggle Bun says, hey, everyone. Hope you're all having a great day. Fantastic day. Avi says, hey, everyone. Hey, Avi. Constance says, hi, friends. Hey, Constance. Hey. Um, let's see. On Instagram, we have got Apollo. I have two Malinois, which are great. However, one is dog, dog aggressive. He attacked another dog today who came at him. Would you recommend boarded board and train with a Malinois or should I be at the trainings? Well, well you're both. So you need to find a place that's, first of all, if you're close to us, you know, we, we, we know exactly what we'll do. Our boarding trains include owner training. Rehabbing aggression on a one-on-one -on -one is very difficult to do. Rehabbing aggression in a boarding train is difficult to do. But wherever you take your dog, you want to make sure you get a lot of training. Also, the thing about working with males and Dutch Shepherds is you can the trainer can make their obedience so incredible that you'll be in awe because they're Malinois. But did they even aggress, ad address dog-dog aggression? In other words, did they set the dog up to fail? Did they set the dog up in a scenario where it would fight with another dog? They should know all about safety protocols. And did they let that dog know that's not acceptable. So you don't need a, and what they'll do is they won't set up these scenarios and they'll say the dog is trained now. The problem is the dog is, is, is obedience trained. You need also behavior modification. It's very simple to actually obedience train a Malinois. You can do that very easily. Your average Malinois loves to work. You need to know how. So um, I would highly suggest, highly suggest a boarding train. You get with us, you get six hours of training. Also, there's going to be a lot of things, even if we did an online consult. If you want to start out with an online consult, yes, you have to, to pay for it. But um, unless you also belong to our community, jump onto one of our coaching calls because that's face to face, voice to voice, so we can interact a little bit more than just like this. But a one on one consult is probably going to be worth it for you because dog fights are expensive. It also can cost your dog its life. Okay, so, um, but if you own two Malinois, you definitely want to get your skill set way, way up there, even on their obedience as well as stopping and to behaviors, because males are, you know, Malinois are obviously intense, as you know. But um, you want to make sure that you get a lot of training as well. Next. Jan says, howdy. Brittany says, hi, guys. And Ryan says, ahoy. Hey, everybody. How are you? Hey, how are you? Happy Friday. Brittany, I bought the e-collar course and I'm going through Theo and Coco's previous seminars. It's wild how much there is to learn. I've watched an episode multiple times and learned something every single yep, time. Yep. I started even taking notes to go over before I work my own dog. Good. People that think e-collar training for obedience is just shocking and expecting a behavior. Oh, they have zero clue. They, yeah, yeah we're, we're really outspoken about that. So. see, and this is why, Brittany, I'm so glad you said that because... We have people who attend every single one, and it's like, why would you go to the same seminar 
multiple times. Different like, dogs. Different dogs. Yeah. Different things. We're technically teaching the same thing, but look how wildly different. They right. Are. Yeah. I love. This is my favorite program. Yeah. And anyone that says that e-cowers are lazy in a shortcut, I would challenge anyone, anyone, to I will present them with a dog. And I will present them with an e-cower and I will say, okay, well, this will be easy to do and it doesn't take much effort. So I'll give you four hours, right? How, how much time do you need? I would like you to train this dog to be off leash. So I would like to know place, heel, sit down and recall. And I want it to know, and I want it to be able to do it with high levels of distraction. I want the dog to be able to hold the downstay with prey running by. I want the dog to be able to go chase prey. And I want you to be able to stop it and spin it around and recall it. And I want you to accomplish all that thing, all of that with an e-cower. You should be able to because it's easy to do. It's a shortcut. And lazy people can do it. So you're not lazy. You admitted it. So you should be able to do it really quickly. I guarantee you, they won't get past hour one because they don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. We just got a comment, I think, today about how all oh, e-callers are lazy. And I responded to the person. I was not defensive at all. I'm just like, interesting you say that, but really it's two to three times as much work. All the dogs are fully trained before they even right. get a remote collar on for obedience. Then we have to do it all over again. Yep. Which is take them through the reset process to do it. Yep. So please tell me how it's a hat or how it's a shortcut. It's not. These are people that any they never responded to So me. anybody that says that anybody that says this doesn't know what they're talking about. It's these are easy. It's like you don't even have to get that deep into it. Well you can. I mean but I'm the but on the but on the flip on the flip what? side Settle down, buddy. On the flip side, anybody that makes a comment like that, or they make a comment saying e-cowers destroy the relationship with a human, anybody that says that e-cowers make dogs more aggressive, anyone that says all these things, that means they have no idea about e-cowers. They're speaking from a sense of authority, but they actually have no clue. Because if I sat them down and had a conversation with them, they're more than welcome to come on my show. More than welcome to come on my show. You won't be able to answer one question. All you'll do is you'll be attacking, but you're not capable of actually explaining. You're not actually capable of the debates. So, you know, how are they easier? How is it for a lazy person? Most people that I know that own e cowers are far from lazy. In fact, most people that I know own e cowers actually spend more time working their dog than people that don't. Because as a professional dog trainer that's been doing this for 20 years, with over 10,000 dogs, I've traveled the world training dogs. I've done over 300 seminars. So now we have a body of work to go by. We work with extremely, extremely dangerous dogs and out of control dogs. Other than at my seminars, because those people usually come with a little bit of background in e-cower use, and they want me to just stop a couple of unwanted behaviors. But when a dog comes in for a boarding train or a one-on-one, -on -one, they are the some of the most badly behaved dogs there is. That doesn't mean they have bad owners, 
but they're extremely badly behaved. They have everything from no obedience to dog killing and human biting. They have not used e-cowers before. Why? Why are they so badly behaved? Because I thought e-cowers created all of this. It doesn't. It absolutely does not. Next. Um, Rebecca says, hey, J&J, always happy to catch you guys live. Hey. Hey. Um, Skull Chick says, I have an 18-month-old rescue whom I've had for about eight months. Two behaviors are driving me nuts. Living in a small apartment in New York City, when I'm in the living room, he goes nuts until I go to the bedroom. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that, first of all, um, you can stop. He's like barking if you're not in the bedroom with him is what it's like. So if that's the case, you can, you you can, the question is, how do I stop? So this this is what's important to understand whenever you're looking for solutions for your dog training problems. Am I trying to train something, which you're really not. Well, you're trying to train a dog to shut up. So you're basically, you're trying to stop the dog from barking. Or am I trying to stop something? So if I'm trying to train something, I'm going to use a reward-based system. But I'm still, I still have to know how to do it, though. I still have to know the process. If I'm trying to stop something, I'm going to use a punitive-based system. But I still have to know how to apply the punisher. I have to know the timing, the marker, and then what to use. But a simple e-collar correction can stop the nonsense. And then you can say, well, what does the dog do after I do that? Oh, it just lays down. Okay, well, that's I'm okay with that then. The dog just stands there looking at me. Okay, then I would train also then the place command or kennel up. Those are the proactive things. So kennel up is actually not a punitive um, thing. It's actually it's on the obedience spectrum. It's actually a reward. It's a positive thing. It's a reward thing. No, just go in your kennel because that's how we treat it. We don't treat the kennel as like, you're doing bad. You need to go in your kennel. It's like, that's just where I want you to be right now. That's all. Next. Um, Alicia said, I tried the e-collar on my 19-week-old pup like you recommended for the stress panting. Doesn't seem to be helping. We have mini educator. I mm-hmm. got to 20. Mm-hmm. Constant momentary vibration. Mm-hmm. What should I change? Okay. Don't do vibration. I've never suggested vibration. Maybe... Once in a blue moon, if someone's tried, like, these are people that we know, and they've been to our seminar, and, like, nothing else is working, and I work the dog, and I'm like, geez, maybe, because vibration, you can't go up and down. Now, number one, is the fit proper? Don't worry about the number. Is the fit proper? Okay? You want to make sure it is snug on the dog, the contact points must be touching the skin, and the collar should not move around. So that's number one. Number two, make sure it's actually on. I'm not saying this to be snarky or insult you, but we've actually made that mistake too. So you want to make sure the handset is on and the neck piece is on. Make sure it's um, charged. Then don't worry about what number it is. Just watch the dog, style up, and look at the dog and see. Just because you're on a certain number, if you have bad fit, you can go up to 100 and the dog probably won't feel it. So keep, that in, so keep that in mind. Also, what you can do is you can schedule a one-on-one consult with me. Once that's scheduled, film your dog stress panning, film what you're doing, and right there, live, on our consults, you will turn the camera towards your dog. 
I will tell you right on video what to do, and we will stop it live on the consult. Next. Apollo said, thank you. I'm going to muzzle him from now until the training is done. My older one did all of the puppy training. I got the aggressive one as a puppy, but it was right at the start of the pandemic. So I do the same classes. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing I'll try your online one-on-ones. Thank you. Yes. I'm in San Francisco. Yeah. So, um, you could send your dog to us. We do get dogs from California. Um, the, the, the issue though is ideally you'd find somebody that actually understands punishment and also aggressive dog rehab. There's not a lot of trainers that deal with aggressive dog rehab. There is a lot of trainers that will advertise they work with aggression but they don't so you have to act you have to ask them like you have to ask questions like what's the punisher so what are you going to do when my dog do they first of all do they know what loading is do they understand loading do they understand like what you know different punishment techniques to because you need to apply a punisher to instill an inhibitor to stop unwanted behavior so the people are not even informed about what punishment is they think it's this horrific thing can it be horrific sure it can can it be more horrific than not actually stopping it? No, because dog fighting is about as bad as it gets. No e-collar, no punisher is going to be as bad as, as, as a dog fight. None. Or as expensive. Next. Terry G, Archie the Golden left his bone. Our one German Shepherd started chewing it. Archie noticed. I had my finger on the button. He self-corrected and laid down. Good. This is the second or to third time, should I have corrected anyway? If he was the resource guarder, that would like attack the dog. Right, so you picked up the remote. Did he see you pick up the remote? Because I never want owners to threaten the dog, or and did you activate the remote? Or did the dog, uh, you I were just, like he did it on his you own. were ready for it. You were ready yeah. for it, and the dog made a better choice. So in this situation like this, if a dog puts down a bone and another dog grabs the bone, there should be no fighting or growling or resource guarding. If your other dog went up to your dog and tried to take the bone out of its mouth, the bone chewer growls, you wouldn't correct that, that at all. You'd correct it for attacking it, but not growling. If the other dog didn't back off, you'd correct that dog, actually. Bone stealer. The bone stealer. Next. Um, Alessandro, question on snacks. Why do you have him in a metal kennel where there are gaps that he could bite? Wouldn't a roughland or plastic crate be better so he can't grab any bars? What is your goal for the clients to go home and be able to be in a wire crate? Or do you have your clients buy a specific crate with all dogs who try to break out since once in a blue moon, they might try to do it again? So they already own a heavy duty crate. Um, he would break out or now he wouldn't break out of any crate. But that crate we have here is actually, I like it better mm -hmm. than some of the ones that have the whole little holes because they dogs can, like snacks, they, he will put his nails in those holes and rip them they out. Can also get their, they can also get their mouth around it. Um, but with the metal, if he tries to claw, like his paw just goes through right. it. So he can't claw out of it. And he actually, it's the bars are skinny enough. He can't bite. He, he can't bite. This particular dog can't. Also, I want to be able to see inside the kennel. So sometimes on a lot of the Rufflin kennels, you can't, I want to be able to see inside because he has a camera on him. So we have, we're going to have very strict. So the goal is this, we've already achieved it. We achieved it after three. It's literally the point now where like, we go to let him out in the morning for potty and he's like, I'm good. Like, I love yeah. the kennel. 
yeah. make him come out of his kennel. Yeah. He can actually, so lazy. He'll, he just loves his kennel. He loves his kennel now. So we've already accomplished our goal. So for, for he hasn't been able to, the owner's been struggling for over a year. He couldn't be kenneled. Um, um, you know, I've always said that we have a 100% success rate with separation anxiety. We usually stop it on day one. These owners have been struggling for over a year. The previous owners before that, this about six or seven years old, they were struggling for years. So we, you know, he's probably been, he's probably had it all his life. Most likely, we don't know for a fact, but it's, we definitely know previous owners and current owners, the current owners for a year where nobody can ever leave the house. The dog cannot be left unattended. So we've already accomplished everything. The first day he was here, he destroyed a wire crate. and that was the last time, that was the last day he ever put his mouth on a crate. Within two days, he was relaxing. Within four days, he actually got a dog bed in there, which you're taking a big chance with a separation anxiety dog, putting a dog bed in there. And he now is a totally separate mindset. So it's not necessarily that we just stopped separation anxiety. We actually changed the way that Snacks looks at life. He is way more chill. He's way more relaxed. He goes to cafes with us and lies down. He goes to parks with us and lies down. He goes into the truck and lies down. He is, he is a different dog for the better. He is calm, not stressed, not anxious. So the goal is passing on that knowledge to the owners so they get the same results. So we have a very strict protocol that the owners will need to do for at least a month. That doesn't mean they'll be struggling with it for a month. What I mean is there's something called association. And what happens is when dogs are with their owners after training, they go, oh, this is the place that I can actually act. This is the crate. This is the room. This is the place. These are the people that I can actually do this unwanted behavior. So right from minute one, how they load that dog into a vehicle, they're, they're from North Carolina. So they, they, they drove down from North Carolina. We get dogs from all over the country here in Florida. The way they drive home to North Carolina, we have a specific way the dog gets in the vehicle, rides in the vehicle, comes out of the vehicle. We have specific ways for everything. It's important that they instill all this stuff. And then eventually it's patterned and it becomes default. So right now he has a set of default behaviors that he does unspoken, just unspoken. Unspoken. Next. Uh, Skolchik says, second problem. He's 25 pounds, looks so sweet, but randomly nips at people while we walk. Living in crowded area, no way to walk away from people. Frustrated and scared. Right. So, who's this? Same person who's in New York who has the dog that's barking when they leave the room. Right. And what, what, what did she... Okay, so, that's right. So, this is the thing. Looks so sweet. Don't take this the wrong way. I don't know if you're brand new to my world or not. Why did you have to say that? And the only reason I'm doing this because this a very successful dog trainer understands the human that they're training as well to make sure they will be successful. If you've got a dog that tries to nip people, correct? Um, yes. Okay. You have a dog that tries to nip people. You need to have the mindset that you're going to be able to apply a punisher to your dog. Are you capable of applying a very firm punisher to your sweet dog that you love, as you should? 
You should love your dog. The thing is, your sweet dog could end up being put down if it bites somebody in 2024. All right? Because we live in a very litigious world right now, and judges are not putting up with any nonsense from dogs anymore. They see a lot of dog bites from a lot of sweet looking dogs. You can wear a muzzle, have your dog wear a muzzle now. I would encourage you to do a one on one. And again, I'm not trying to, I keep mentioning one on ones because I can give you a very detailed protocol to do. Also, how is it not that a proper heel stops biting? It does not. Obedience doesn't stop the bad behaviors. But is your dog even walking properly next to you? Is it 100% with you? It doesn't have to be up looking at you, but is it actually with you? Are you relevant on the walk? Are you letting the dog sniff too much? Pull it all. Um, in New York City, I used to, I had, I had a tiny little facility in, in Park Slope in Brooklyn. Um, this goes back a few years ago, uh, more than a few years ago, because I had so much business in in Brooklyn and Manhattan that that's where my little tiny, it was a little office spot that I rented. It actually had a bathroom in it, so I actually stayed there once in a while as well. Once a week, actually, I stayed there. Um, so I'm very familiar with the sidewalks there, obviously. Very familiar with the sidewalks, and they're, and they're, and they're crowded. So um, I mean, we can help you. We can help you. Next. Uh, Shiona said, your puppy course has been awesome. Amazing what our almost nine-week puppy can already do. Mm. He's in his crate, no crying, can sit. I would not have even thought he could do all this. Yeah. Oh, that's so, so good. good. So yeah, all of our puppy protocols are all food-based, reward-based protocols. The only thing we stop, um, stop or, or correct is whining, barking, nipping, and jumping. Other than that, it's hundreds and hundreds of reps with its daily kibble. It's all reward-based. Lots of fun. Lots of you know. Lots of excitement. Um, your dog can start doing downstage. Your dog can go to place. Your dog can kettle up on command. Your dog can be um, doing so much stuff, and you don't want to stop. You just keep going and going and going and going. We have a few people going through a puppy program right yeah, now. Yeah, yep, it. yep. And then it's say sixteen weeks old. You can start going into um, the green to graduate. But by fourteen weeks old, believe it or not, you can start working on your duration, your distractions, your distance. Start increasing oh, the yeah, environment. Sarah, if you don't have green to graduate yet. You should definitely get that too, because that's going to be like the next step. Right. It's like your building block. And if you want to join our community as a yearly member, you get yes. Green to Graduate 1, you get Green to Graduate 2, you get the trick training course. Then also we'll be adding, we're not going to say which course yet, we'll be adding other courses um, to it as we in start increasing the price um, uh, you know, every, every month. Because that is going to be a portal for almost everything we do. That's the goal. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't buy any of our courses now. But there's a lot you can be doing. A lot you can be doing. Next. Allison, hi, Jay and Jay. I've got a friend's GSD for the weekend, and I'm curious to see how my foster does with him. Mm -hmm. They're existing, but I haven't interacted yet, waiting till tomorrow when I have time to manage it. Both are friendly. The friend's dog is just wild and untrained, so coming to my house is always boot camp. Haha. <laughs> so um, just be careful. A lot of dogs don't like that energy. So we've got a great example is we've got the Dobermans here who are very, number one, they live in the same house. They play really rough with each other. But the other dog, actually none of the dogs in this house, Wes, Snacks, or, or, or Tex, they don't like that energy. They can't stand it. 
So they we always have to make sure they're like you know when we take them to the field to play, they're off like they're off they're off playing. Um, they've got incredible recalls, so that's not a problem. But it's like guys, go play, go do your wrestling match, WWE wrestling match, you know, over there. Oh yeah. Yeah, they, 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 but you know, and they're fast. Weirdly enough, though, Wes tries to play with them. Mm. It's like the awkward, like, third wheel. Yeah. Like, Can I jump in? Yeah. And they're like, no. No. But he also <laughs> doesn't. Like, All right, well, I'm here if you want me to. <laughs> he does, but he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want them to interact yeah. with him the way they interact with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Skull Chick said, thank you. You're welcome. I'm glad you, too. I think you're new here. So thanks for being on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Paulette says, hi, guys. Hey, Paulette. Hey, Paulette. How are you? Um, Terry G, same scenario as when he caused injury prior. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the dog, the resource guarder. So I'm trying to find the other part to her answer. To oh, so okay. he's so no, he didn't notice that I had it. So the remote, okay, was wearing it under my jacket. Got it. Awesome. Archie waited until the German Shepherd got up and left before taking the bone back. Okay, okay, good. Interactions have been good. Play is monitored because either of the two German Shepherds will tag team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Good, 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 good. So things are things are making progress yeah, that's, great. that's great that's really really great to see it's not that's another thing that we do with with dogs and people it's for some reason the narrative out there is that we don't because this is it's like oh you don't actually train them you just like blah, blah, blah. it's like you know we actually get dogs to 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 make better decisions on their own uh, why we we observe them oh you walked by that dog park fence when you went right up to it i just sat there and watched you and you didn't explode and you used to explode Mm-hmm. So I just I I didn't t- I didn't give you any guidance whatsoever. I literally just let you do it. So um, we we see that all the time. We see that all the time. Next, school chicks that will do a one on one. You've nailed all the issues. Thank you. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's we can whatever your problem is. Don't don't ask me for don't do a one on one. So don't do a one on one with me. Don't spend money on a one on one with me if you've got potty issues. <laughs> don't do that it's a waste of money because i'm not, not true because you can help people get structure and stuff i, I can i can i think a lot of people who struggle with potty issues it's because they just don't have structure okay i can but still we're not the potty experts there are there are there are definitely some free this is the thing about potty issues is that almost every trainer i mean i can house break a dog i can create train a dog but almost every trainer no matter what their philosophy is mm-hmm can housebreak a dog. Mm-hmm. So just watch a free video mm-hmm. on YouTube. Next. Um, Sarah said, signing up now. Thanks. Awesome. 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 Allison said, my friend will be reaching out for one-on-one. He's struggling controlling the dog at his house. Yeah. Yeah, we can help. Yeah, so many people are struggling. So many people are, are struggling. And, um, th- you know, that that's the thing is, the answers are there. Like, we have, we, you know, other than potty training issues, you know, I can help you. That that's um very loud. It's raining over there. Thanks. Yeah. Did a lot of running around today. Dog lover says, "What is a reasonable amount of time for duration work for a puppy that's fourteen to sixteen weeks?" You know, you should have an hour, but also depends how long you've been working on it. So, in other words, if you're just starting today, or you started like, you might you might not get an hour. But let's say you've got you can get an hour downstay, an hour place anywhere from a from a. 12, 13 to 16 week old dog within a week, within a week, you can. Because if you're doing, believe it or not, 50 reps a day, 
or twice a day, believe it or not, 50 reps of just like place, good, break, place, good, break, boom, boom, boom. Then you start adding duration to it. Then you start adding some on week two after duration. You start adding some more distractions to it. You can get it easily in one hour. You'll, but you'll, and you'll get to the point where the puppy just falls asleep. Mm-hmm. But, that's, but as far as wide awake duration, you can get an hour. But chances are they're going to fall asleep because just, by, so just organically they're going to fall asleep, right? Allison said, yes, I'll be very careful. My foster is a peach and the friend's dog will have very limited interaction with the foster yeah. and my personal dog. As long as they exist together and can walk together. We are just yeah. If it's just for the weekend, don't feel any too much pressure. I mean, just like, okay. just you even, even if you had to exercise them separate, it's just, a, it's just a weekend. It's just a weekend. But I would also have a conversation with your friend saying, listen, if you know, uh, if you're going to, first of all, get your dog trained. I just don't understand people that have got out of control dogs. Like that, that's not, that's not a quality of life. No. It's just not a quality of life. Don't you want to be able to take your dog everywhere? So then we put up a video the other day of a 14 year old puppy, Benji, doing a downstate at a vet office mm-hmm. and a eight month old Great Dane came in with its owner who's been knocked down. So it was, it was a male owner, big guy, and he's been knocked down by his own dog. It's only eight months old. And the dog was literally buck is on a harness which is you know dogs can still behave on a harness believe it or not you know we don't train with them we don't like really like them for dog training but they're capable of it um this dog was buck wild buck wild and um the guy said it's already knocked him over once and it's like how can you that's not dog ownership like, oh, like it's eight months old i'm not going to assume he had it since with, with a puppy but usually people that have got six to eight month old dogs historically have had them from a, a, even a younger age. Like that all could have been stopped. It's too late now to revisit it, but it can be stopped today. So in other words, after he went to the vet, I can have the dog do a half hour training session in the parking lot, go back into the vet office, and the dog would lie down and be quiet. That's how good effective dog training is. And that's why when people say, oh, it's, you know, stop being, you know, it's lazy, it's a quick fix. And I can do it without a knee collar as well. It's not that difficult to do. And I think a lot of people will use the excuse of, I'd rather take more time. I'd rather do this. You know, have you ever thought maybe that your skill set, you're saying this because your skill set is just not as good as the person you're actually saying it to? Like, has that ever occurred to you? You're making another excuse for poor skill set of dog training. You just don't have enough knowledge because it doesn't have, we're not talking about fancy. We're talking about basics. We're talking about the basics for family pet dog training. Next. Alicia said, I'm not against doing a one-on-one. He's in a ruffling kennel as he was breaking out of all the others. It's hard to see through the door. Would that be an issue for fixing the stress, panting, and drooling? Um, it won't be an issue. It'll make it more difficult. But if you have a video camera, if his head... T- you, put it on the front. you put it on the front down low, so you put the camera on the floor pretty close, and you have to activate the volume so we can hear, so we, you can hear the volume. But you can you can um, definitely do it. Now, if it has a little bit of a lip to it, and if it's a smaller dog, sometimes they sit, they lie down below the lip. Also, is the dog's head down? 
is the dog's head down. But before you do a consult, so before you spend any money, check the fit, stop using vibrate, and go up and down the dial. Don't be afraid to go above 20. There's so many trainers out there that like, they feel that they are the gatekeeper of the numbers of the e-tower. Like that's what their title is. I'm the gatekeeper of the numbers of the e-tower. And the rule is you don't go above 25 for anything. I've heard dog trainers say that before. Especially too with like younger dog. I think your dog's like what, five or six months old. So I think that holds a lot of people back too. Even myself. 19 weeks old, yeah. I've worked with some younger dogs that have stumped me. And then I get, you know, I'll troubleshoot with Jeff. And he's like, why don't you just dial up? I'm like, well, I don't know, in my mind, I'm like, well, they were like a puppy. But the dog will tell you. Yeah, yeah. Just be, you know, any cow can be used. People feel that the, an e-cower can't be used. You, know, you don't normally strap an e-cower to an 8 to 10 week old dog mm. because you're doing all food reward based training and you can stop the unwanted behaviors other, other way. But, but at 19 weeks old, which is actually, which is, which is it's almost five months, right? You absolutely can. And you'll hear that you can't. But, but for some weird reason, we do it all the time and there's no negative association. There's no recourse. The relationship is not destroyed. The dog doesn't get worse at all. All we see is success. We would not be doing it. Mm-hmm. See, the thing about this is we're, we're, a, we're a success-based company. If we're not successful, we don't get more business. So we want to be successful. And for some weird reason, the feedback on our, just on our remote courses is out of control positive. Yeah. And if it's not, then, um, we, then the person just might need more coaching. Because there is error skill sets with dog owners. So, you know, and say, well, same with dog trainers. So, next. Um, on Rumble, Dara Mouth gave us $2 for well, a fellow Rumbler. Have a great night and a great weekend. Let's go Rumble. All right. Thank you. Wow, thank you. You're brand new, I think, brand too. New, yeah. Thank That's you. Fun. Thank you for spreading the love on Rumble. Yeah. That's We're great. We're going to, like, really grow our Rumble audience. That's great. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um... Alessandro says, so when he goes home, they have to buy a heavy-duty crate in case... Mm, they already have one. What crate do you all have clients buy with this type of dog? So they already own a heavy-duty crate. They do. They already own a heavy-duty crate. If they didn't, we would be probably patterning him to become in a normal crate. Right. But knowing that his owners already have this kind of crate... We're using this crate. We're right. Using we're using right. Crate. If his owners had a wire crate... He would have been switched to a wire crate by now. But you have to keep in mind, the dog doesn't even attempt to break out. He doesn't lick the bars, bite in the bars, pop his head against the bars. He doesn't paw the bars. He doesn't paw the door. He, 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 he beyond loves his kennel. This morning... He loves his cozy little bed. This morning... Because he could never have a bed before. He came out. He came out of the kennel halfway. Halfway he came out, <laughs> and he did a perfect stretch. Like, he, did. he did the stretches that dogs do, right? The morning stretch. Then I opened up, and his crate's right by the back door. So I opened it up for potty time. Oh, and I'm like, let's go. Time to go potty. He literally turned around. <laughs> just went back in his kennel. I'm like, you sort of have to go back. You have to take a piss? Okay. I'm like, I'll wait for my breakfast. Yeah. So he then ate breakfast, and then I, then I made sure he went outside, obviously. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, he loves it. He loves it. it. We couldn't even get him in the crate when he first got here. Yeah. 
it's all documented on the on the if you bought our separation anxiety course. Yep. Joyful canines, and do you have any clients that don't utilize the crate because the dog is just so good inside? Probably. Even though nine months old, can it help with outdoor behaviors? So we we recommend crates, but there's absolutely clients. We, we, clients know before they hire us the dog's going to be created. Like that's all part of the the client. Okay, there's a level of expectation. So, as a professional dog trainer, it's important that levels of expectation. And as a consumer, it's important that you you understand what the levels of expectation are going to be on you, the consumer, the owner, as well as the level of expectation that you're going to get from the person you hire. So, you want to make sure that the level of expectation is there. So. When it comes to the crating, we tell them we're expecting the dog to be in a crate, but if they don't put the dog in the crate, that's on them. That's on them. If they don't follow any of the rules, it's on them. But does crate help with overall behavior? Sure, absolutely. Is it necessary? Well, for some dogs it is because they soil or destroy. Some people will put their dog into a mud room and I'm like, why don't you just get a crate? Why don't you just get a why don't you just, just get a crate? And they have crate that, crates that, that look like furniture. They look like end tables. They look like, you know, they've got crates. If you've got a staircase that, you know, to a second floor, they've got they've got you can actually cut out the area underneath your staircase. Because a lot of those areas are they've been turned into coat closets. But if you don't have a coat closet, you can cut out a little area, boom, insert a crate right there. So all kinds of stuff you can do. Next. Um, let's see. Alessandra said, what heavy duty crate do you have clients buy for dogs like snacks? Impact high anxiety or something less expensive? If someone can't afford training and a heavy duty crate, what do you recommend for them? Well, if you, if they can't afford the training and the heavy duty crates, they're going to, not to say that they're going to be in trouble, but this is the thing, you know, this can come across as pretty asshole-ish. If you own a dog, you need to make sure you've got a good budget. You need a budget, probably, if you don't have insurance, a hundred dollars a week, just to be just to be sure. That's fifty two hundred dollars a year. That covers training, food, medical bills. It might not be that high. It only might maybe it's only fifty bucks a week. But when you have folks that are have a dog. But then don't have, I don't know, thirty-seven dollars a month to join our. This is nobody in particular. Thirty-seven dollars a month to join our um, community, and they have a badly behaved dog, and they need help. It's like you don't have thirty-seven dollars a month right now, and there's a lot of people I know. You have you're on, you might be disabled. I get it. You're on disability, but are you not? If you can, if you can type, if. If someone can ask a question on our podcast or if they can make a comment on our on our social media, that means you can make a hundred dollars an hour from home. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So you can easily make there's so many jobs that you can do from home. It is incredible. You can easily make a hundred dollars a week, easily, let alone a day from home. All you have to do is so go into Google and type in working from home. And everything from airlines to big tech to any customer um, call center thing um, you can do. There's so much you can do right now from home. It is incredible. You can also create your own business. Start your own little small business. So many things you can do for extra money. You need multiple streams of revenue. 
Everyone needs multiple streams of revenue, and everybody should actually own their own company because there's a lot of tax benefits for that, for owning your own company. Mm -hmm. So you own your own company, and you just like, even if you only bring in 100 bucks a month, that's fine. All right, so what crates do we recommend? So Believe it or not, I mean, we try to get dogs, like if they're coming to us for boarding. Back into a wire crate. In a wire kennel. Yeah, that's the goal. Is there, like, once in a while, a dog who are like, mm, you should probably get a heavy-duty crate? Sure. Right. But like we said, Believe it or not, we don't like the ones with all the little holes in them because dogs can put their nails and then now mm -hmm. you're missing nails and now right. you're an emergency vet visit. Right. We like the ones with the bars. You just got to make sure the bars are spaced close enough together that the dog can't hook their teeth around it. And ideally, they're welded at the bottom and the top. The ones that spin, those can actually be pushed out. Yeah. Those can actually be pushed out. So, um, I actually don't know. I love the one we have. We call it Alcatraz, but I don't know the brand. We've had it forever. That was custom made. It's like a 10 year old kennel. That was custom made. And it has seen some shit. Yes. I'll tell you that. But there's, there's also, if you go onto Facebook Marketplace and if you go onto Working Dog, Working Dog, um, in Hunt Dog web, uh, forums, people have crates because all your hunt boxes for dogs that go in the back of trucks, those are heavy duty. Someone's always selling them. They're always selling them next. But like, we really rely on our training. Like, we're not like, oh, let's just put them in a kennel. They'll never get yeah. out of it. It's like, no, no, that's no. training. Because that's the, because the dog's unwanted state of mind still exists. Exactly. Still exists. Um, next. Alicia said, if I do a one-on-one, -on -one, should I switch to a plastic crate or keep him in the Ruffland? He breaks out of every kennel but a Ruffland, but you can't see in... It will. Keep them in a Ruffland because also there's a lot of things that we're going to talk about that have got nothing to do with with the crate. So there's an accountability factor. You don't have, don't answer this now, but I would say first of all, does your dog have basic obedience? In other words, does it know place? Does it know recall? Does it know a downstay? Now in the home, how quick is it? Is it a selective listener? Does it leave? There's a break command easily. That's where you start. Dog on a leash. Now with more rewards. But you start doing, applying punishers for non-compliance or for breaking a known command. Then you start holding the dog accountable. We also did that with snacks. Also, you start working the dog above threshold and they have to get it right. So now you've got a dog that's working above threshold they're a little bit anxious to a lot, stressed, but they have to follow through. They have to learn how to make rational, correct decisions when they're struggling. That also helps with separation anxiety. And what you do is when you work these dogs really hard, even for 5, 10, 15 minutes, they can't wait to go back in their crates. That's the thing, and I feel like that's like the magic to a lot of what we do with these dogs who are massively anxious or hate their kennels because usually right when they're at home with their owners the owners are demanding a lot of these dogs outside the kennel right so it's like oh have a free-for-all have so much fun right, right, affection. Right. now go in your kennel and i'm leaving the house mm, like, of mm. course the dogs are gonna be like what the fuck like right. why are you doing this when they're with us we're so structured yep. we're we're doing drills we're training them we're working right. them we're being demanding of right. them. they don't have a ton of freedom in the beginning yeah and they're like, damn, 
guess I'd rather just go hang out in my kennel because you right. keep asking me to do So stuff. going in the kennel, it stops the work. So, and we're not talking about forever. No. Like, nobody got a dog for that unless you're, you're, you're in competition. But we get, people got dogs just to be, you know, great family pets and to hang out with them and cuddle with them and do fun stuff with them. And I agree, we do. We do, like, the dogs do fun stuff every day. But we are, we have been hired to rehab and train a dog, though. So they're not going to get as much free and fun time as, like, they would at home. But we want the owners to do the same thing we do for at least 30, 60, sometimes 90 days to start patterning this. Like, if Snack spent another, say, two months from out with us, he would be a, just a totally different dog. So now the owners are going to do that. They'll see a different dog as well. And then the owner has to also change some of their habits. So it's very multifaceted. It's not just about, it's not just one thing. It's not just one thing. Yeah. Next. Dog Lovers says, someone told me, who can afford $37 a month when I mentioned that they should join your community, but the same person spends $8 a day on Starbucks. Right. The same person is complaining about the cost of owning pets, but continues to keep getting more dogs. Right. People need their priority. So, you know, that's why it's, that's interesting. yeah, there's, there's a whole people. Do, it's, so it's not a lack of money. It's a, $37 a it, month. That's like a little, that's a good dollar a day. Well, if they spend $8 a day, it's a little bit more than a dollar. If they spend $8 a day on coffee, that's $240 a month. On shit coffee, right? That. And if they only do it yeah, Monday, it. if they only do it Monday through Friday, it's one hundred and sixty dollars a month. So they can they can easily afford thirty seven dollars. If somebody doesn't, so your friend, your friend that's doing this, they don't want to be successful. Exactly. So just let me let you in on a little bit of the on human psychology. And there's also people that love failing because they want that. They, there's, 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 well, first of all, there's something called there's poverty mindset. And then there's also victim mindset. So your friend has a victim mentality. Yep. And as a dog trainer or any coach whatsoever, you need to understand victim mentality in people. Because somebody that has a victim mentality, unless you're doing huge personal growth with them, and that's how they start, and the, whole, the goal of it is to actually help them, like that's fine. But if you have a, somebody that has victim mentality, and you're a dog trainer, they're going to struggle. And that's actually where you actually walk away from them. Some people honestly enjoy the struggle because it gives them something. It gives them attention. It gives them attention. It gives them attention. They get attention all the time. All the time. It's, it's, also, if you, if you own a dog, a dog, $37 is the least of your expenses. Yeah, that's nothing. That is zero. Like, I, if I didn't have, like, thank God I have you know what? insurance. Isn't, I feel like he's at the vet constantly. He's an active dog. He's always doing stupid shit. Like, we, we I meet my deductible with him, like, the first month of every year. We don't, we don't do, we do um, ivermectin for uh, heartworm, but we don't do flea and tick and your standard heartworm. The combination of those it's is... like 100 it, bucks a month. No, it's not 100, but it's definitely, I think, like, one, one pill, they're not cheap. Mm-mm. When you get those pills, which are terrible for you, if you get a cerebral collar, which are really bad for you, that's all cancer, by the way. You're putting cancer into your, you're putting poison into your, poison, you're not putting cancer in your dog, you're putting poison into your dog, and it's been shown to, to um, uh, 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 form cancer. Um, so, like, all that stuff's expensive. All that stuff's expensive. So, they, they, they have, people have the money, they just don't have the discipline of their budget. That's what the issue. That's what the issue is. And trust me, I've been broke for many years of my life. I know what it's like to be broke. 
I mean, I'm talking, I know what it's like to have $10 in the bank. But also, again, it's priorities. Right. Like, most people have the money if they just flipped their priorities around. Coffee is obviously more of a priority than fixing this person's issues with their animals. Right. So, to me, my priorities would not be that. But right. whatever. Right. right. And then if, you're, if you don't have money, don't get a dog. It was like, well, how about if somebody lost their job? Agreed. But there's more jobs out there than there ever has been before. There's more jobs out there than there ever has been before. You can work, you know, you can work third shift somewhere. You can do so much, so much. Next. Um, Alicia said, thank you. I love my e-collar. I just want to make sure I'm doing it right. Um, want to continue forward. You've been so helpful. Good. Awesome. Good. Manny, I have an extremely nervous dog. What is your recommendation mm. for a dog whose triggers are unpredictable? And do you recommend meds for anxiety? No, no. We get dogs off meds. We we don't we will we won't work with a dog on meds. We want them off. We have we have a close to one hundred percent success rate of keeping dogs off meds. I can only think of in in twenty years less than twelve dogs had to go back on meds, but it might even be closer to six. It might even be closer to six. Yeah. So you don't you don't need meds. Good dog training is way more powerful than meds. Good dog training is way more powerful than meds. Just having structure in the dog's life, you can get your dogs off meds. Even if you didn't do any training, you just did structure, had rules, your dog will actually probably end up being off meds. That's how powerful structure and rules are. Um, and then obviously you put do start doing behavior modification. So as far as for the, 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 the nervousness, it's unpredictable. It's unpredictable to you, but we can probably figure it out. We can probably figure it out. So this that, that stuff like that is a one-on-one, -on -one, and we would just I would just walk you through, and then you want to make sure you've got a good baseline of stuff. Believe it or not, this goes against what people think. When you've got a dog that knows baseline, but then you start really, really ramping it up and have consequences for for making mistakes, you would think, oh, that's going to make the dog more nervous. Maybe at first it does, but once the dog actually understands, they actually get free of it and they build so much confidence they build so much confidence next wendy i have three dogs 10 3 and 10 months all understand go to your bed should we also teach place our goal is to train off leash with green to graduate so you're just saying go to your bed and if the bed's outside of a crate because that would be kennel up or, or or go to your bed places is like if, if the place beds are out of the kennel and you say go to your bed that's fine doesn't matter what it doesn't you're... matter what you do. It's the same thing as place. You just have to be consistent with it. Right. So like, go to your bed. Go lay down. Right. It's go to your spot. Right. It's, it's go, go to your bed. bed. Use the same word. And then also, we want the dogs to be doing default downs because we want them to be not only be physically but also mentally relaxed. Next. Um, Kaz Star, how do I get my dog to calm down enough to meet my new kitten? She whines and barks and scares her. Okay. So a bonker is really good for that. If you don't know what a bonker is. I've got a free YouTube video. It's a wrapped up cotton towel, and you're saying no, and you're bonking the dog. You're throwing the dog, you're throwing the towel at the dog. Your dog is overly aroused. It's overly aroused. Also, e collars are great for that. But there's again, there's a. So I can say e collar is great for that. Meaning that's the communication tool that you can use. But now you have to know the procedure for it. So y'all have to, you have to, you have to. I'd have to know, and you don't have to answer it right now because we can do this on a consult. But I'd have to know is your dog just trying to. Play with the dog or is it trying to kill the dog? Because we have the cat. Two, the cat, I mean the cat. 
because then we have two different protocols depending on what the dog is trying to do. If it's just bothering the cat, but it just doesn't um, want to inflict any harm, um, then that's one protocol. But if it's trying to kill the cat, we might put the dog in total avoidance at first. Next. Dog lovers said 1,000% agree. They're always complaining about their dog's bad behavior, but then won't do anything right. to help change it. Right. I had to tell them, I don't want to hear it anymore. Good job. You have so the folks like that you have to set boundaries with. It's it's no different than it's no different than when you put up a post on social media about your struggle, you'll get hundreds of people that will like tell you how bad they feel, that they'll come up with suggestions, all this stuff. If you put up a post saying how well your dog did, you'll get you'll get some congratulations. You know, you'll get some congratulations. No, you'll get some congratulations, but you'll probably not get too many people asking. Wow. Yeah. How did you do that? Or you just got lucky. Right. Or they'll say, I, again, victim mentality. I wish my dog was like this. Again, a lot of people have got victim mentality, and it's important that you recognize it, and, and it's important that you actually stay away from it, and it's important that you set boundaries, even if it's family members. Oh, especially if it's family okay, members. Okay, even if it's your folks. You've got to put down boundaries because that is. You, that is you also not getting rid of any childhood trauma. It doesn't help with any childhood trauma either. So it's important that you put down boundaries. Now that you're an adult, it's important that you put down these boundaries and you can learn. It's like, wow, no wonder that I have all these um, fears, maybe fear of abandonment, maybe fear of, um, I, I never learned how to deal with my emotions. I didn't, like all kinds of different things because of childhood stuff. So if it keeps repeating because your folks haven't changed, your siblings haven't changed, it's important that you actually, when you're doing, going through your personal growth journey, that you actually set boundaries down and saying, like, I actually can't be around you. Like you have not made any emotional um, progress, maturity, since like we were like preteens, you're still repeating the same patterns. Sorry, I can't have that in my life. I'm growing. You're not. You're not going to hold me back. Next. Has SARS is coming to Toronto anytime soon? No. 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 Nope. But you can come to, um, to our mastermind. Come to our mastermind. You can come to. You can come to Chicago. Chicago seminar. You can come to New, Jer New Jersey seminar. Yep. You probably won't see me up in Canada for a very long period of time. Oh, yeah. By the way, we only have two spots left for Mastermind. It's selling out way We longer. haven't even publicly advertised we it. Publicly We've only been talking about it on our, on our podcast, basically. Community. Yep. Um, so if you are a dog trainer and you want to learn hands-on. It's a very small group. Um, we only have two spots left. Mm -hmm. May 18th to 22nd. Mm-hmm. Joyful canine, low drive dog for anyone but their owner. Nearly impossible to work the dog when the owner is present. Doesn't engage when the owner is not present. Aloof in general. Nine months. Thinking e-collar. Aloof free. Takes food, but you can tell it's not actually reinforcing. It's just instinctual to eat it. Not pairing the behavior. Sounds like snacks. Toys only worth with the owner. Uh, positive only people say take weeks to build a relationship. Well, it's not necessarily about building a relationship with it because the owners have a relationship but here they are needing training so it's like relationship doesn't mean that the dog will do good behavior if anything a relationship it's like the dog actually starts playing the owner and 
The issue is the dog aborting train, doing something on a one-on-one -on -one might be challenging, but if you have to do, if you do really good human training, and there's probably, they're not getting the dog to be calm at all. So if they have an out of control, if the dog's out of control with them, you just have to teach them how to stop the over arousal and let them know that this is not, if you don't like this from your dog, this is how you stop it. Because we're not seeing this. So you need to do these protocols. Next. Kim, hi, Thumper will recall with just a verbal. So should I still use low-level stim with verbal or only stim if he isn't complying? We don't do a lot of off-leash work due to not feeling 100% comfortable unless it's in a safe space. Kim, you shouldn't be using your remote at all anymore. If he's recalling with just verbal, then... Well, you don't need... And you wouldn't, and, and you wouldn't be doing any low-level. You have a trained dog. Everything you do is correction. The only, but we but you're only doing a correction for non-compliance, or you're just going to be nagging your dog. You shouldn't be using any, you shouldn't at this point you shouldn't be using your remote for any of your training anymore, other than at a higher level because the dog didn't comply. That's it. That's it. Next. Jolie, now that you mention it, what is your recommendation for flea tick heartworm protection? So heartworm, we use a 0.05% ivermectin. We get that from heartwormprevention.com. Tell them we sent you. Um, heartwormprevention.com. And it, it has a little chart, and it'll tell you how many milliliters to give to your dog. You actually do not have to do it every month at all. Study how the, the growth of, of, of the parasites are and you'll understand that you are giving your dog unfortunately poison and it's you can actually poison them every other month instead of every month because it won't fully manifest into heartworm if you get them within 45 to 60 days but don't listen to me read up read up on that i'm not a vet i'm not an expert on medication as far as flea and tick we use wonderside um there's a couple of the, a couple that we use but wonderside is good you just have to apply it every time um it smells really nice um uh, we, we we use, that's what we use. But all, you have to be really careful about flea and tick meds. Very, very careful. You are putting even more poison right into your dog's system. Right into your dog's system. And if you think about it, those collars are constantly, constantly just like saturating your dog's whole body with, with you know, a, technically a pesticide. Mm. Let's see. Damien Tess, hello guys. Got my U.S. visa approved. Hopefully you could visit someday. Great show and content. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, hopefully you can. Um, Jeannie, your feed keeps buffering. That's probably just on your end. It might be on your end. Just try, try shutting off the show, um, restarting the show. I mean, the show's, the show's over tonight. Um, watch the replay. Watch yeah. the replay. I don't think it's on our end. Constance, that sounds like their relationship sucks. Yeah. Um, Kim said, got ya, and that's it. We got through Awesome, all. awesome, wonderful. It's what's 804. Everybody have a fantastic night. Um, we'd love it if you spread the show, spread the word about the show, spread the word about our courses. Uh, don't forget, we've got our e collar Upcom Yeah, upcoming e collar Live. e collar Live course. Go to Solid Canine Academy. Solid Canine Academy. Take a shower. Mm -hmm. Awesome, thank you. Yeah, we're ending the podcast. e collar Live starts February 23rd, by the way. So you still got time to join. I'm sorry. Okay. All right, everybody. Good night. Good night. Wait, wait, hold on. I won't. <laughs> okay. So this Sunday, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, me and Pop are be are going to do a fun facts podcast. Okay. All right. All right.
Thank you, buddy. All right. I almost Bye. Good night. Good afternoon. Good morning. Wherever the heck you are. Bye. Thanks, Ange. Angela has his own podcast. He's on YouTube.